plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Colts, your daily podcast on the Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Colts. I am your host, Matt Danley, and we've got a lot to talk about today. Lots of lots of roster moves, lots of uh, random comments, and uh, uh, quite a bit of other stuff. I just wanted to give you guys also a reminder to get your emails in to be eligible for the Lux jersey giveaway. Uh, that's coming up, creeping up on us here in just a couple days, so make sure you guys get me your emails for that. Uh, we're getting more and more every day, so uh, it's... Uh, it's definitely turning into quite the contest, and I'm uh, pretty excited that uh, and, uh, as many of you have uh, gotten your emails in to that to this point already. But let's start out with uh, getting to a little bit about what has gone on just today. Um, the Colts signed tight end Chase Kaufman. Uh, he was on. He actually made the 53-man roster earlier this season. Uh, the initial 53-man roster. And that is an obvious indication that Dwayne Allen's injury is probably a little more serious than, uh, you know, just a nick. Or I think, it, and I thought that was fairly obvious when you see him on the sideline with a, uh, his leg wrapped in ice during the game on Sunday. So I, I don't, I didn't, that didn't take me by too much of a surprise. But uh, I would say he's going to be out at least a few weeks. That's just a random guess, so don't take that necessarily to the bank. But typically, you're not signing a guy. Uh, if he's only going to be out one week. But then again, the Colts don't have a whole lot of help at tight end, so it could mean a very uh, varying amount of things. But my guess is that he's going to be out at least two weeks, likely three. Um, and this kind of further adds to his inability to stay healthy. You know, when they had the issue at the in the offseason between himself and Kobe Fleener, you know, a lot of people – made valid arguments for Fleener because of his ability to stay healthy, whereas Dwayne Allen was the better option, and he couldn't stay healthy. So it was kind of a, you know, uh, sitting on the scales there. You've got the better tight end on one end that's not durable, and the other guy who's uh, got very little, you know, kind of flash-in-the-pan type ability per game uh, can either have a great game or can just be awful, And but yet he's durable, so... Uh, there was a valid argument on, on both ends. They did definitely keep the better of the two tight ends as far as ability goes, but now we are in a position again where Dwayne Allen's going to be sitting a couple weeks at least, I think. Uh, Chase Kaufman, I liked him in camp. I like his ability. Uh, he he you know, kind of resembles Fleener body build-wise. Kaufman is uh, 6'6", 250. I think Fleener was real close to that. So between... The two of them, uh, Kaufman has a lot of similarities uh, as far as build uh, to Kobe Flaner. Uh And that's, uh, you know, there'll be somewhat of a, between Kaufman and Doyle, be kind of a, an a Allen, 
uh, Fleener combination, I guess you could say. I'm real excited about Doyle. I, I really like him at tight end, and I think that uh, uh, he and Kaufman will do just fine. And then you add in the uh, ability of Swoop, you know, Swoop's come to play. So uh, good for him. He's done a good job. He was on the practice squad, you know, for a while. And uh, last year started to look a little better in camp and stuff. And this year he's uh, he's definitely earned his spot. I, I'm, I'm proud of him, man. Uh, happy to see that he's actually able to contribute when he is in. But let's talk about the rest of the stuff that happened today. Uh, Colts also elevated wide receiver Tavon Smith from the practice squad. They signed wide receiver Marcus Leak and cornerback Frankie Williams to the practice squad. They had just waived Frankie Williams as well. So uh, that was kind of a, one of those things where you got to keep an extra guy. You know, the Colts have been pretty nicked up in the secondary, so you can't exactly let the guy go altogether, regardless of how effective he is. And most of this is here because Quan Bray was placed on the injured reserve list. That's less of an issue in the wide receiver core, so to speak. Although Quan Bray was a, a, pl- a plenty good at wide receiver, but this is going to be more effective, or I guess I should say it's going to have more of an effect on the kick return duties. And I think that that's obviously going to go to Josh Ferguson. That's who they put back there uh, the other day when or after uh, Bray went down. So now I think Ferguson's probably in a role that that it actually fits his skill set. He's going to have a little bit of a head start. You know he's going to have uh, room to to get himself and and show how elusive and quick he can be. I think that he's probably. I think this is his role all along. Should have been. I, I think that his uh, strong suit is probably returning kicks. I, like we said before, I'm not a fan of him as, as a running back. I don't see that he's a running back. He's never been able to get between the tackles. We've gone through this before. So I'm not. Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see him actually in the kick return duties. Although uh, I still think that it's a downgrade to Bray. I think Bray's been fantastic in that role, uh, and he. I don't recall him um, turning the ball over either. He may have once, but I don't think he's done it more than once. Tavon Smith is six two, little over two hundred pounds. He, uh, I believe, he was out of Iowa, and he was one of the go-to receivers in that in that offense. He's got plenty of stretch the build stretch the field ability um i i know that i've had actually uh some people as i've watched the quarterbacks in college have asked me what they thought of him and i hadn't thought much about it nor did i watch smith very closely but after the colts picked him up i went back and watched him and uh he does he does a good job i think he's um plenty good to be where he'll be on the depth chart uh, with Chester Rogers really showing out and showing that he's a viable option in the passing game and that he's got the speed and the catchability and the run after the catchability. Uh, I really like Chester Rogers, but I think Tavon Smith is a guy who has a lot of the similar attributes that uh, Chester Rogers does and may have um, he may have a role in this offense instead of just being the guy who uh, rotates in once every four or five plays in a, in a drive. It's, it's hard to tell at this point. And I think this is also, with Ferguson going back to return kicks, uh, more than likely, I think this also may have a, an effect on the or what the Colts do with their uh, running back situation. I think that we may, say a little, we may see a little bit more of Jordan Todman in the backfield, which I think is obviously better than Ferguson. He's not as fast as Ferguson, but the guy's got uh, plenty of experience uh in the in a backfield and 
he's you know he's shown out when he was in Pittsburgh. He's shown that he can uh, fill in real nicely, and I think that he'll do just fine when he's back there. I want to tell you guys about my man Mike. Colts fans, are you in the market to sell your home? If so, call Mike Ernest at Century 21 Sheets at 317-285-9691. Mike's an expert in the greater Indianapolis real estate market and has helped people just like you achieve their real estate goals. As a professional realtor, Mike will not only help you navigate the real estate market, but he guarantees that he will sell your house for full market value or he'll pay you the difference. If you live in Indianapolis or any of the surrounding communities, you probably know that the greater Indianapolis area is currently experiencing a seller's market. You need a real estate professional like Mike on your team who will get you every dollar of what your home is worth. Listen, folks, when it comes to selling your home, knowledge is power. The first step you need to take is finding out exactly what your home is worth. Call Mike Ernest at 317-285-9691 for a no-obligation, hassle-free market analysis of your home. Mike will not only give you the value of your home, but he will also give you all the real estate trends in your neighborhood. Mike is an expert in your real estate market, so don't rely on websites like Zillow or others to tell you what your home is worth. So Colts fans, when it comes to selling your home, don't get burned by amateurs. Hire a professional like Mike Ernest and his Century 21 Sheets team to go do the work for you. Whether you live in India or any of the surrounding communities, Mike and his team can help. Call Mike Ernest at 317-285-9691 or find him on the web at MikeErnest.com. Again, that's 317-285-9691 or MikeErnest.com. And now uh, let's get into something that we also heard about last night. Uh, later in the evening, Ursay apparently had said that he has uh, full confidence in the leadership, which means coach and GM. Now, um, where, do, where do I start with this? First of all, I hope that none of us expect Ursay to say, yeah, these two are really sucking at the moment and they're kind of garbage, so... Um, we've got a lot of thinking to do. Of course he's going to back these guys up. You know what? And it was strange to me that he backs up Grigson in this because Grigson's not coaching football. Okay. I mean, so I, that to me kind of, I don't know if you want to call it a red flag or what you want to call about it, say about it, but it was weird to me that he, that he, if he brought up, if he actually brought up Grigson and, uh, in this statement and it wasn't just uh, paraphrasing, so to speak, like put lumping the two together, uh, that's strange to me, but, um, I don't. He has the confidence, just like anybody, guys. He has the confidence in in uh, Pagano to keep this team focused, you know, away from the hubbub of us, me, you, all talking about how disastrous this team looks uh, at the moment and um, why he should be fired and so on and so forth. But he doesn't have the confidence in Pagano to lead this team to victory. I don't think, and I don't think that it takes. Look, if we don't, and we're this far away from the team, certainly people in that building, uh, especially Ursay, who is a very dialed-in guy, granted, he lets his GM GM and he lets his coaches coach, but let's not mistake the fact that Ursay knows exactly what's going on. He knows exactly who they're playing. I mean, Ursay's not just shows up and is like, I don't know, you guys tell me about this team we're playing. Are they any good? I mean, he knows exactly what's going on each and every game. So let's not assume that he's just some idiot that knows nothing about uh, the current state of his team or the current state of their opponents, okay? Uh, you can say a lot of things about Ursay, but uh, as far as uh, turning a blind eye to what's actually going on, that's not something you can say about him. So 
he knows what's going on, and he knows that he's going into a game this weekend against the Titans. And I've already told you that I think the Titans are better than any of us uh, are going to give them credit for. So, I'm, I, you know what? Until they prove me wrong, I'm standing by the fact that if they, the Colts lose Sunday, then Griggs are then uh, Pagano's gone. Uh, people continue to say they're tied together, uh, he and Grigson, for this or that, and folks, in theory. That's the it, that's the idea. Yes, um, if they are both to finish their contracts, then they're going to be reevaluated as such. That doesn't mean anything. Coaches and GMs always have contracts larger than what we expect they're going to stay. <coughs> Very seldom in this league, uh, especially head coaches. How many head coaches do you guys think make it to uh, maybe their second or third contract? Okay. You know, I've never seen an owner go, well, not, we haven't got him under contract for two more years, got to keep him. That's not how it works, okay? GM's the same. It's not easy finding a GM that can run your team and be successful. It's not easy finding a good head coach that fits like a glove from day one and doesn't ever change and, and not, nobody wavers from that. Okay, guys, this isn't like uh, simple uh, mathematics here. This is uh, like, like trigonometry, okay, to find the right guy to find the right set of guys, to find the right uh, combination of guys who can work together. And, and there's no doubt, when, if you look at Grigson and Pagano standing next to each other, uh, aside from the fact that they talk cordially, they do not look like a couple who enjoy being married, so to speak. Whether that hampers the way that they go about their daily duties or not, we don't know that. We don't know the ins and outs of their actual personal relationship. We know what gets reported, and very little of it is accurate. So uh, with that, we don't know much other outside than that. But we've got to assume that they're only tied together if they both make it to the end of their contract, okay? I mean, let's not look too far into it or uh, look too far ahead. But, you know, if Pagano keeps his job after this weekend, I'll be – if they lose, I'll be – I'll be very surprised. I, I mean, I don't know. Look, there's plenty of guys on this roster, a couple in particular, Chud and Philbin. Neither are good, are going to be great head coaches, but you're not losing anything, in my opinion, by handing them the reins, so to speak, in an interim role. If the only thing that I could think of that if uh, Ursay fails to do something is because not only do the the players love Pagano, but they've pretty much got to like uh, stand their ground against that action being taken. That's the only thing that I could think that Ursay would not want to lose the locker room with a coaching move. Okay, um, I find that hard to believe that that would be the case. I mean, those guys don't want to lose. Um, I, I, I was a football player. Uh, I can't remember other than. Uh, coordinator stuff ever actually blaming the head coach for a loss I mean in my own head you know Um, so maybe I can only assume that guys that age are the same way unless there's just a massive revolt of not understanding or not liking what he's setting forth so it's a it's a tricky concept but that's just my opinion I mean guys get fired for a whole lot less than Pagano what Pagano's putting out there on the field and that's uh i'm gonna stick with it until i'm proven wrong if i'm proven wrong i don't care i'll be happy to be uh admit that i was 
wrong. That's never bothered me in the past, but it's just something that I, I definitely feel that that's a, uh, a point of no return after starting out 0-3 in one of the worst divisions in the league. So, Well, now let's get into some of the pro football focus grades uh, updated to, to this point. Uh, Andrew Luck still stands at number three in the league overall with only Tom Brady and Carson Wentz still above him. Um, I think that's fair. Brady's now uh, in, a, in a spot where he's uh, likely to stay. Uh, behind Luck is Stafford and Breeze. Uh, Bradford, Dalton, Ryan, Carr, and Wilson roll out the top ten with uh, Prescott at 11. Um, I think that's uh, as to be expected. I don't think that anybody really expected that to be any different or anything like that. Frank Gore, uh, running back, has bumped himself up to 28th. I think he was in the mid-30s last week. He's at a 67.9 grade through pro football focus. That's um, that's a nice spot for him. Like I said, Gore's having a really good year so far. I don't think that the um, yardage, per se, is important. But the fact that he's a threat back there is very important. That helps Andrew Luck as well. Now, as we move on to wide receivers, we have T.Y. Hilton at 12th right now with an 82.5 overall grade. Fulp Dorsett is all the way down to 89th. And Chester Rogers is down there just a little bit below him at 95th. I'm surprised that Chester Rogers is quite that low. I thought he's had uh, some really good snaps since he's been uh, getting a little bit more time. And uh, I I think that'll continue, to be quite honest with you. Um, At tight end... Uh, now this one uh, again is uh, kind of surprising me. I'm, I'm, you know, a little surprised that we're not seeing uh, Jack Doyle any higher than he ha- than he is currently right now. I mean, the guy is as reliable as it gets. He's now 27th at 62.5, and uh, maybe that's bringing him down a little bit because some of his uh, uh, pass blocking has kind of taken a hit a little bit. But uh, overall. Uh, you're not going to convince me that Jack Doyle's got 26 guys that are better than him in the league overall, especially not a Mercedes Lewis or uh, Crockett Gilmore. I mean, come on. So um, he, he's definitely doing his job, and I, I'm proud of him for, for doing so well. Now, as we get ready to go into Tennessee, here's what I'm going to tell you guys about the offensive linemen, especially the tackles. Taylor Lewan ranked number for, number one overall in the NFL. Okay, that's uh, about as good as it gets. And then also, Jack Conklin is the sixth-rated tackle. He's a rookie, guys. Remember all that stuff that everybody was talking about, about he's not going to be any good, he's only good in uh, run-blocking sets. Well, he is good in run, but he's also got an 85.9 overall grade. This is what we're going up against. This is their bookends this weekend, okay? Just keep that in mind. Number one and six overall tackles at Tennessee. Kind of hard to believe, but it's true. Now let's get to the Colts. Anthony Costanzo is 13th now, 81.9. He's kind of stayed in that uh, range there, anywhere from 8 to 15, kind of uh, rolling back and forth, you know, a little bit. And, the, you know, uh, there isn't going to be anybody else up there. Good's not going to be anywhere near uh, that area. And uh, Haig is at 55th right now uh, at a 55.7. That's I'm impressed with that for him. Uh, good run blocker. Uh, actually, the whole line's doing pretty well uh, run blocking, but they've still got a lot of protection issues. Uh, guard right now, Jack Jack Muhort is sitting at 10th overall with an 83.1. He's been very good this year, guys. Uh, we've got a lot of good things coming out of our offensive line, and we definitely will in the future. 
just be patient. Denzel Good, however, sitting at 59th with a 54.9 overall grade. Not great, not bad. He's still in his first official season of action, so uh, I'm going to give him a break. I'm high on him, so maybe that's why, but I'm certainly not going to pick him apart because he's done pretty well so far. Uh, Ryan Kelly, he's 20th overall, 77.3. I think his grade has gone up. I don't know that his... It's hard for me to remember these from week to week where they're at ranked-wise, but uh, that seems higher, his overall grade, uh, than it was last week. I think it was in around the 72 area, but uh, it, it is it is what it is. Now as we move out to the cornerback position, Vontae Davis and uh, Darius Butler, uh, especially Vontae Davis, he was in the 90s last week. I do remember that for sure. And he's all the way bumped up to 46 now after a fantastic Sunday night. Darius Butler looked good too, especially considering that he had his uh, hand injury. And he and Vontae are both at 74.4. Now, something that a lot of people don't want to admit, and also, yes, I'll take the uh, pride in in being uh, the guy who's kind of stood on a hill for this guy since the beginning. But Rashawn Melvin, he's at 72nd. Okay, not great. But he's down there with guys like DJ Hayden, Ronald Darby, uh, Sterling Moore, uh, just a few point difference, a few points difference from Logan Ryan. So think about that. Logan Ryan's a hell of a corner for New England, and he and Rashawn are uh, are just about two points difference, and that's the difference between seventy second and sixty second. Okay, uh, Melvin's doing a good job. Don't worry about. Anything else other than the fact that he's doing a good job and he's somebody that we want to stay on the roster. He's definitely better um, than Patrick Robinson, who the Colts just signed to a major contract over – well, I won't say major, but you know what I mean – a significant contract in the offseason. And uh, Rashawn Melvin has completely dusted anything that Patrick Robinson – uh, is, is going to offer the the team this year. He's done good in man coverage, and he's um uh, I think that he's done pretty good in in any zones as well. He's a little more uh, susceptible to uh, getting on his heels, so to speak, in in uh, zone coverage. But he's doing a good job. Uh, don't you know? He's made a couple gaffes throughout the season, but this is by far the most he's gotten an uh, opportunity to play in his career. He's a guy that I could see sticking around for sure. Uh, we go to safeties. Mike Adams, he's at 17th right now. And, again, he's done a pretty damn good job himself. And then you uh, find Gethers down at 52nd. Now, those two are both ranked significantly higher than that, especially Gethers being significant. But, again, the difference between Gethers at 52nd at a 73.6 and being even in the top 30 is uh, four points, roughly. So uh, as far as the overall grade, but there's uh, there's reason to be uh, excited and happy about our safety core. Um, there's no reason to be worried about that. Those two, that's one of our strong points for sure. Additionally, you can imagine the linebacking core is uh, pretty bleak, and it looks like Pro Football Focus likes Josh McNary more than anybody else on our roster currently, where he's at 69th at a 43.3 overall grade. And uh, Antonio Morrison, who is uh, lucky to even be on this list. I, you know what? I'm just not going to talk about him. I'm tired of talking about, about the guy. He's just awful. Uh, Dequell Jackson's all the way down to 80th at a 38. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh, it's terrible. 
That's just terrible. Uh, we have absolutely no linebacker play. And we, we are lucky to have guys who can actually stay on the field. I'm just going to say that because if we didn't have people playing linebacker, you know, I would be more than happy just to let Clayton Gathers just sit there and play it because our linebackers are garbage and it's too bad because they spent a lot of money on a couple of them. Uh, Henry Anderson, uh, interior defensive lineman, he's at a 76.9. They have, I don't think he's got enough snaps to actually be rated, but he's right there between 30th and 31st. Um, being that the Colts haven't really brought him up any, uh, you know, or anything, uh, kind of still has me a little nervous about what's up with his knee. I believe it's the same knee that he's had worked on. That's kind of scary. You know, we don't want a guy who's shown, shown so much promise like Henry Anderson um, end up, you know, out and, and done. So uh, that's that's a little scary for me. But as we look at the edges, you know, we did get to see uh, Mathis get his first strip sack of the season, you know, this year and take from it what you want. And, look, I love strip sacks, and they are a huge part of the game when you're actually able to get pressure on the quarterback because it's an additional thing. You know, you get the ball on the ground – and attempt to get the ball away from the other team for a turnover. But in that regard, it's not real. I mean, it's, it is a, called a sack. It is considered a sack, but it's not really a sack because it was no pressure. He just had long enough arms to be able to get to the ball. Whatever. It was a good play. I'm not trying to downplay that play. My point is, is that that's the only time he was anywhere near the quarterback the whole game. Okay. Now, another guy, uh, I've actually talked, a little bit about him in the past and I think you guys recall this I've also seen some people on Twitter uh, namely Brian Krosky has you know uh, been uh, in the past a couple different times put some uh, gifts on Twitter about Akeem Ayers and his ability to rush the edge and bend the edge and he's far and away the Colts best option here on the edge and he's sitting at a 74.4, uh, right at about 42nd. He doesn't have the snaps yet. And there's a, a big issue with that, that he – this guy needs to get more playing time. I don't understand. This has been an issue with the Colts' uh, management in the past, okay? Not getting guys on the field who are best suited for their position because of one reason or another. That reason doesn't matter. And if you want to save your piddly job, Pagano, you better get Akeem Ayers on the field – a lot more, and I'm pretty sure that the rest of the team would appreciate it too, considering they need to win some games. And further indication that that one strip sack doesn't impress pro football focus much is that Mathis is still sitting at 77th at a 44.9 grade, and that's where he belongs. So I'll just say that, and he's under about 40 rookies uh, for that. So that's the PFF grades for the Colts, uh, the updated version going into week seven. And um, I don't think that I've forgotten anything today about what's going on, but I may have. If not, I'll touch on it. Or if I have, I'll touch on it uh, again tomorrow. But uh, thank you for, for joining me. And make sure that you guys are talking to Mike Ernest. If you're living in the Indianapolis area, if you guys are looking to buy or sell a house, Mike is great. Mike knows what he's doing. Mike is great at putting first-time home buyers in the houses they want. And he's a great guy. He's got a great reputation with all of his customers and so on. So make sure you guys are getting Mike Ernest uh, to help you with anything that you need to do with a new home in the Indianapolis area at Century 21 Sheets. Hopefully we've got uh, a better week ahead of us. We'll uh, continue to get ready for this matchup in Tennessee. 
and uh, we'll get some more things together for you uh, leading up into the week about uh, some matchups possibly and uh, just what we can expect to see. I think we already touched on the offensive line enough of Tennessee, but we'll touch on some of their other positions as well and kind of see where the Colts are at. So uh, thank you for joining me here on this Wednesday, October 19th on Locked on Colts. Make sure you guys are getting a hold of the Twitter page for Locked on Colts. Uh, Again, for the Luck jersey, hit me up at LockedOnColtsPod at gmail.com. Also, the Facebook page. I mean, get on Audioboom.com, guys. Get on iTunes. Give us a rating and a review. Those are awesome, and I appreciate all of you who have done that thus far. Please keep it up. Just continue to love the show, and we will continue to bring it to you. And uh, I appreciate everything that all of you are doing, uh, sharing the show and uh, and everything else that you guys are getting into. Let's hope the Colts are having uh, a better injury report than we expect after what we've already heard. And I will talk to you on Thursday right here on Locked on Colts. You are Locked on Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.